0: welcome
1: to the Birthful podcast i'm adriana lozada and today we're going to be talking about early parenthood going from being a non-parent individual to being a parent duo is an immensely transformative process that rocks any couple's world Ellie Taylor will take us through the eight stages that you can expect to navigate as you grow together as a family. Stay tuned. This episode of Birthful is brought to you by Simply Breastfeeding, a prenatal breastfeeding course to help nursing parents feel confident with their newborns. Learn more at birthful.com slash simply breastfeeding and use the code birthful for 15% off. This episode of Birthful is also brought to you by Expectful, an evidence-based guided meditation app created specifically for those trying to conceive, pregnant, or new moms. Learn more and sign up for a free two-week trial at expectful.com slash birthful. The Birthful Podcast, talking to maternity pros to inform your intuition. Hello, Mighty Parents and Parents-to-be. As always, thank you so very much for listening and for all the love you give the show. And if what you hear is helpful, please make sure to subscribe so you don't miss a thing. And if you'd like to further support this podcast, then support its sponsors, who for this week's case are simply breastfeeding and expectful. Also quick reminder that if you are around 29 to 34 weeks pregnant or near that, this is the perfect time for you to start preparing with life with a newborn. And to do just that, check out my postpartum preparation course called Thrive With Your Newborn at birthfulcourses.com. The whole thing is online and you get immediate access. This is content you will not find in your childbirth education classes or in your newborn care classes, but it is super, super helpful. So do yourself a huge favor. And go sign up right now at birthflowcourses.com. All right. Today's renewed episode is with the amazing Ellie Taylor, who lives in Australia. And during the recording, it seems apparent that we are experiencing significantly different seasons um, being, you know, me in the US and she in Australia. Ellie Taylor is a relationship counselor, independent parenthood researcher and author of the award winning book Becoming Us, which is an amazing book. Ellie began trying to get her head around the whole parenthood thing over 20 years ago when she and her husband were blindsided, as many of us are, by the changes and challenges they experienced as new parents. After she discovered most other parents were blindsided too she wondered why they weren't being prepared for this so fast forward to now and ellie is the founder of becoming us an organization created to teach professionals her research and evidence-based approach to the transition into parenthood and to support mothers fathers partners and families to thrive ellie lives in sydney with her firefighter husband their three children and a bunch of pets so here's the interview Ellie, so very glad you're here
0: I'm thrilled to be talking with you Adriana I'm so excited about this it's, it's great thank you very much for having me on.
1: Absolutely and I'm so excited also that we figured out the time difference and sorted that out.
0: Yes it's a challenge isn't it because I think you've got four different three or four different time zones over there and we've got about the same number here so anyway we did it yay.
1: <laughs> we made it. So, we did. Um, tell us about these eight stages.
0: Yeah, sure. Well, it's been such um, a a journey for me, you know, discovering the stages. I I have to kind of say that it's something that I – experience with my husband um, before I actually could look back and think, you know, w- what the heck happened <laughs> to, mm-hmm. to us. Um, and how it came about was that um, I, as you said, became an, a new mother at the same time I was studying psychology and working as a relationship counsellor. And so I was really observing um, what was happening to me as I became a mother and my husband as he became a father. And what we were going through as individuals and then how that was impacting on our relationship. And then, you know, I was seeing client after client after client that were basically all going through the same sort of stuff at the same time. And I thought, you know, like, why why weren't we prepared for, for this? Why, why don't we know about this stuff? Um, I paid to do private antenatal education um, and read everything I could get my hands on and really kind of studied up, you know, like I thought I was really, really well prepared for parenthood. And yet I found this really big knowledge gap, this really big, you know, gap between before and after. And, that there was a transition, a transition for me as a, a from a woman into a mother, a transition for my partner from, um, you know, a, a, a man and a husband into a father. And then also, you know, like a transition for our relationship. And so I started really studying um, this transition and, and really wanted to kind of simplify it, break it down, um, get my head around it, I suppose, so that I could you know walk my clients clients through it um you know we were all struggling we were all overwhelmed um and all unprepared for 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 what was going on so uh, looking back and you know this was 15 years that I'm talking about that I that I was um working on it I really sort of discovered that parenthood isn't so much a journey you know people describe it as a journey but really it's more like an adventure and an an endurance sport kind of all all rolled into one Mm -hmm. Um, and so I kind of looked at it from that from that that perspective it's 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 a big deal you know like it's a a big deal (laughs) you know we we send couples off with a bon voyage card but really we should prepare them for have you got that that show raced around the world over there Um, Do you have a TV show, Race Around the World or Survivor? yeah,
1: The Amazing Race, we call it. The Amazing Race,
0: yeah. Yeah. Okay, you know, like this is what we should be preparing couples for, you know, not not congratulations and good luck. We should be preparing them for, you know, something a little bit more intense than that. Yeah, Because
1: and and you get parents, I mean, I hear it over and over again that once they're going home, if they haven't had a home birth, if they're going home with a baby, that's like their first big realisation of, oh, my goodness, they're going to let yeah. us live here with yeah. this baby. Just yeah, the like two qualified of us? for this? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, it's, it's often overwhelming, isn't it? And, you know, and we get so much care and support leading up to the birth. It's kind of like, okay, well, this is somehow going to continue or, um, yeah, and it's almost like this expectation of, okay, well, if I wasn't prepared for For after the baby, maybe that's because I don't need to be prepared. Maybe it just comes naturally. Maybe it's just something that we figure out, you know. And in a lot of ways, we do. But the figuring out can be really challenging. So, so I wanted to make it simpler. I wanted to make it easier. And I wanted more than anything to provide more support for couples. I wanted a framework for them. I wanted some structure for them so that they could prepare, uh, will be supported through the stage that they're at, but also be able to prepare for the next one. Mm because I found that there's challenges in each stage, um, that, you know, I was going through with my husband and my clients were going through. And I thought, gosh, you know, if we could prepare parents for each stage and give them some insight into what they can do, um, then that would be great.
1: And even just talking about it and letting, because I don't think people realize, they think, oh yeah, I'm going to become a mother. I'm going to become a father. And that's going to be all about the baby. And now I'm a parent, but Nobody really talks about how that messes you up in the head because it's changing your identity, like at Absolutely. your core.
0: Absolutely. Nobody talks about the birth of a mother or the birth of a father.
1: Exactly.
0: And yet they happen at the same time that the baby is born, but not necessarily at the same time as each other. And in fact, identity is one of the stages. And, and you know, we'll talk a little bit about that. But just on that point, um, because mum's the one to carry the child and the one to kind of start to establish not just a relationship with the baby, but kind of the beginnings of a new relationship with herself as mm-hmm. she starts to experience changes. She kind of gets, you know, like a heads up or a bit of a, um, an early start on those shifts, on those changes. Whereas for a lot of dads, the changes don't actually start until either the birth, when it's like, you know, all of a sudden they've got the baby in their hands and like, you know, wow, I'm a dad now, or sometimes even for them when they start to interact with the baby, when the baby's a little bit older, you know, does it really start to sink in what being a father means? Mm-hmm. So there can be this kind of disconnect, I suppose, between couples as they become, as they become parents, as they, you know, experience their own, their own changing. And they can often change at different times of each other. And that can cause conflict for a lot of couples. Um Yeah, so there's a lot going on. There's a a lot going on both for them as individuals inside themselves, but also between them as a couple.
1: So take us back to the beginning. And before, actually, before we start, I'm going to just try to create a space to understand who we're talking about, because we talk about dad and we talk about father, but does this apply only to uh, different sex couples or will it apply also for same sex couples?
0: It absolutely applies for same-sex couples and it also applies to couples who are adopting. So parents, regardless of, you know, gender, sexual orientation, how they come to be parents, basically all go through the same eight stages. There are differences, but it applies to all parents, even parents who are having a second family. um, You know, it's, it's... yeah, it's it's pretty much universal. That's that's what I found both in my experience counselling but also the research supports that as well. Yeah, we you know, these are changes as people.
1: Fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah. So I want to clarify that when we talk about dad and father, we're just using that because it's kind of what we're used to but we mean all couples. All couples. Yes. Yep, absolutely. And then um, now... Maybe the interaction won't happen so much because it's only one person, but do you see the stages kind of also happen for a single parent? Does that, or does it, this is specifically about couples?
0: Well, the stages apply to single parents, but my work and the the kind of thrust of the book is all about supporting couples to pull together and support each other through the stages. So the stages themselves, yes, apply to single parents but um, couples will benefit more because both partners will be getting not just individual support but the relationship support as well. However, I have had single mothers say to me that... um, knowing about the stages help them to understand their ex-partners better and co-parent better so yeah I guess it does okay um, yeah
1: good good no I just wanted to sort of like lay a framework to figure out what we were talking about yeah sure no and I appreciate
0: that's... that lovely lovely so stage one okay so stage one is before the baby comes ideally even preconception. Basically, as soon as you start thinking about a baby, this is this is where you wanna know about stage one because stage one is all about preparation. It's all about, you know, getting ready. You know, we say we're expecting. Expecting is the last thing that we wanna we do. We wanna be preparing. We wanna be using this time actively. We won't don't just wanna be sitting around and waiting. Like this is you know, a really, really crucial time. Um, Parents who are using IVF, you know, assisted reproduction who are trying to conceive or who are waiting to adopt do have one advantage over other couples and that is that they've got more time to prepare. So some of this stuff can really pay off for them in the long run. So, you know, this is where we start to think about our lifestyles. This is where we start to get our finances into place so that we can take the financial pressure off afterwards. This is where we start researching you know, birth and um, what sort of birth that we might like to have for ourselves because birth does have a big impact not just on, on, on mum but on partner too. Um, a, a, a good birth really is the, the be- very best start for a family, so we want to prepare for a good birth. Um, we want to prepare in terms of uh, stress. Uh, being, being pregnancy, being pregnant can you know can can be stressful because there's lots of changes on the horizon. Um, birth aspects of birth can be can be stressful if it doesn't go according to plan. Early parenthood can certainly be pre- stressful. So when I'm working with um, expecting parents, you know I talk about the importance of regular, family-friendly stress relief that you can man- maintain afterwards. So getting into a good routine now that you can continue or pick up soon after the baby born is, is is really, really important. So pre-baby preparation. The other big thing that I work on with couples is looking at their communication styles because it's often quite a shock for couples how communication kind of has to change after the, after the baby's born. Um, you know, you're sleep deprived, there's steep learning curves, your focus is going into the baby. So... Communication has to be really simple and really direct and that can be really uncomfortable for a lot of couples if it's unfamiliar to them, you know, communicating in a really kind of simple, clear and and quite a direct way. But they often find it's a real relief afterwards because that's the way to do it you know that's that's the way it's kind of um, works best I suppose in that in that postpartum period so I get couples to start practicing that now so that by the time um, babies arrive that that it's like their new normal it's like they're used to it Um, and it's really helpful in a a lot of ways Um, mums particularly can feel quite Uh, isolated or disconnected from their partners when their partner's not there for them or they're not feeling supported but often they don't communicate or can't communicate what they need or what they want um, in a way that a partner can easily hear and take it on board Um, so yeah communication and stress relief probably are the two big things to work on uh, before baby so that's 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 step, step one.
1: 1. Good. Yeah. And and then because once with the sleep deprivation what also comes is like everybody, not just baby, not just kids, we all get cranky when we're sleep deprived. So it's all like it's it, a light bulb goes off in my head like, "Duh, we're all cranky. Communication is so important <laughs> because exactly. we're going to be short." Yeah.
0: We are going to be short, but so it's better to be intentionally positive, nice, short than yes, <laughs> crank, cranky, irritated, frustrated. Get off my back, short. So <laughs> fantastic. Yeah, so keep it simple, sweetheart. Is you know yeah. Is, is yeah yeah. So that's stage one
1: breastfeeding? It may be natural, but that sure does not mean it's easy. It's a learning process for both you and baby, and like most learning processes, it takes a lot of trial and error. However, this trial and error can sometimes come with a lot of crying, and not necessarily only from your baby. Help lessen the crying and frustration by arming yourself with some solid knowledge. A great way to prepare for this is by taking the Simply Breastfeeding Online class created by breastfeeding experts Cindy and Jana. In their class, you'll learn to recognize what your baby is telling you and how to meet your baby's needs starting in the very first hour after birth. You'll also understand the basics of breastfeeding and be able to return to them if you encounter difficulties, and you'll feel confident knowing the answers to most frequently asked questions. Lesson your anxiety and frustration and relax knowing you've got this. Go to birthful.com slash simply breastfeeding to learn more. And as a Birthful listener, you get 15% off if you use the code birthful when you register. Go to birthful.com slash simply breastfeeding or click the link on the show notes to get you on your way. And we're back talking with Ellie Taylor about the transition into parenthood. So Ellie, we did stage one. What's stage two?
0: So stage two is what I call nesting and or build a nest. And that's where, you know, you've got your baby either at home if you've had a home birth or you take your baby home and you give yourself time just to hunker down and recover, Um, you know, Birth is a big deal, you know. It's it's very taxing in lots of different ways not just not just physically, but psychologically, emotionally, um, and even you know th- this is true for dads and partners too. So it's like you know, give yourself time to recover. Give yourself that fourth trimester mm-hmm. to really just just recover. That's that that's your goal. So, I see so many couples that rush to get back to you know the old normal. Um, but becoming a family is more about discovering and working together to support each other with what the new normal is going to be. Um, And that takes a lot of, you know, um, learning and being prepared to grow and being open to just absorbing what's going on around you, which can be a lot more tiring than most couples actually realize. You know, there's a lot going on. You've taken a slice out of a, a maybe busy, overextended life, so it doesn't feel like there's a lot going on. There's a lot going on on a completely different level. You know, yeah. a lot of learning, a lot of absorbing that's really easy to skip over and easy not to notice. Um, and so I really encourage couples to kind of carve out, protect that time, make a space, keep the outside world outside the front door it can wait and really just you know create that nest for you know relaxing recovering and just bonding as a new family and making those mental physical and emotional adjustments
1: yeah and making themselves a priority i love that keeping the outside world out because you feel oh everybody wants to meet the baby they can wait <laughs> the baby will they can still wait. be there
0: baby's going to be there for a long time you know I even you know some couples like to just have a period of time where it's really just them you know like a couple of days or whatever a week or whatever where it's just them finding their feet without inside outside influences coming in and influencing that and we are very susceptible to influences we're very vulnerable at that stage you know we're really kind of ripe and raw um so it's really just protecting that space and, and uh, I, I know that that's an issue for dads particularly where they can feel quite excluded if, you know, there's lots of mainly women, you know, in-laws and sister-in-laws and mother-in-laws and that sort of thing coming in and kind of taking over a little bit and, you know, dad's finding his feet to just establishing his own relationship with the baby and his own confidence and um, creating space for that can be really beneficial in lots of ways in the long term so something to really think about and consider in fact lots of couples have a birth plan I think it's equally important to have a postpartum plan yes and plan for that time and how you're going to use it yeah
1: I am a huge believer of the postpartum plan I use it all the time and I have like free resources for it on my um, Website, so we should compare. Fantastic.
0: Plant- Fantastic. I've got oh, one too. Oh, so yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, great. <laughs> they, well, there you go. There's resources out there. That's wonderful to hear. Yeah.
1: So, stage so three. Two.
0: So stage three, stage three is <laughs> sorry, quite I'm challenging. like rushing
1: you through, but we've-
0: <laughs> no, no, that's fine. Stage three is quite challenging because it's all about adjusting expectations, and this is where couples start to really begin to realize that life with a baby might not look like they thought it would. You know, we've got these Hollywood ideals often of what to expect. Um, I'm doing speech marks with my hands, um, and and this is where reality starts to sink in, and it's like, oh, okay, well, you know. Um, this is the reality of it. This is what life is going to really be like from now on. And and and, depending on how realistic couples' expectations were going into it has a big impact on how they adjust afterwards. So if their expectations or their standards or their imaginings were super high, some couples can come, you know, down with a bit of a thud Um But for others who maybe grew up with a baby in the house or had close friends who've had babies recently and who've seen a glimpse of what life is like and, you know, what it means to be a parent, then they are going to, you know, move through more easily this particular stage. So really important in this stage to be able to talk things through. Um, That helps expectations to come in line with reality with your partner, with other mothers, ideally, really important to start forming relationships with other other new mothers at this time, either locally in your community or online through, um, you know, Facebook or social media because other new mothers are, are going to be going through it new- too and you know that it's absolutely normal and that you're not alone and what the new normal kind of is and, and that way you can start to ad- adjust um, to it. And I I... Tell parents not to make the mistake of thinking that your picture from before the baby is how it should be or what it's like or what normal is and trying to fit everything into that picture. Um, You can put an awful lot of pressure on yourself, an awful lot of pressure on your partner that way. It's about maybe thinking, reflecting that, well, maybe that picture wasn't based on reliable sources or reliable Mm -hmm. information and maybe I need to change my picture you know it's much harder to change a picture than it is to change a spouse
1: (laughs) yes oh boy (laughs) when does this stage happen or how long does it go for
0: well, the first four stages are pretty much in the first six months. So expectations, really, the adjusting is in the first kind of three to six months. Um, and then the next four stages really are for the next couple of years. So we're still in the three to six month
1: okay, period. Great.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So stage four then is uh, what I call setting up base camp for life and circumstances and the challenges to come and by setting up base camp I mean um, focusing on what you really need to cope and to thrive as a family. So what does mum need? what does her partner or dad need? obviously what the baby needs because getting our needs met basically is how we cope. Okay. And our needs can change from before and after so our needs before baby might be different to our needs after baby or they might be the same needs but we get them met in different ways like for me stress relief was a day at the beach reading a book and going shopping with girlfriends well after baby that's not so easy so I need to find other ways to get those needs met
1: so what do you do now
0: so what, well, well now my kids are older, so I'm back to shopping right. and days at the beach with a book.
1: But, so what did you do then?
0: <laughs> oh look, lots of different things. Um, I found that you know good nutrition became really important particularly because mm-hmm. i was breastfeeding it's really focusing on the simple simple things good nutrition staying hydrated regular stress relief so i used to just put the baby in a pram and or actually in a sling um you've got slings there you know what i mean baby yes. wearing yeah you know, put the baby in the bay i don't know if it's called the same thing but the sling and take the baby for a walk later on it was a pram um go outside i i i I killed lots of herbs because I'm a really lousy gardener, but I really enjoyed being outside in the sun and with my hands in the earth. You know, that 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 grounded me, that helped me to just, you know, get outside of the four walls mm-hmm. of the house. Um, talking with my best friend. My I was so lucky, my best friend had a, a baby who was six weeks older than mine. So we were going through the things at the same time. We'd talk every day on the phone. Um, talking things through with my husband when he was home. Yeah, so talking nutrition exercise um and doing something that just kept me kept me grounded um I started doing I'm quite creative and I'd never made time for my creativity really before before I had a baby I was very career focused um so I started doing crocheting and um needlework um and coloring books I've got you know adult coloring books I love them now I've just discovered them recently um yeah, 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 really great. Mandalas, beautiful yes. mandalas, colouring. Yes. Mm. Yeah, something something that connects you just to you, regardless if it's you the person or you the mother, something that just is you, you know, I found really grounding. Perfect. Really grounding for me, helped me to cope, yeah. Those are great examples, thank you. Yeah, no, my pleasure. So keeping things simple, prioritising and working out what you need what your partner needs and supporting each other in getting those needs met this is where you really sort of if you haven't before now you get together a support system so it takes the pressure off just the two of you because it it does take a village it did take a village we've lost the village sadly but it really does take a village and so if you haven't done it in in the preparation stage or the nesting stage now is the time to um yeah build base camp
1: Hmm. So important. And that takes us through stage four. Let's take a break and we'll be back with stage five. Hey, Mighty Ones. It is not uncommon for stress levels to go up while you're pregnant. You may be worried about the health of your baby or maybe you're anxious about the birth or maybe you're wondering how you're going to afford all the extra cost. Or maybe you're just guilt-ridden because you're not eating well and exercising and doing all those little things that everyone is telling you to do for the sake of your little peanut. Fortunately, there is one little simple thing you can do that won't take up more than 10 minutes per day and will improve not only how you feel about all these things I mentioned, but also your birth, the health of your baby and your own immunity. That little thing is meditation. And yup, it can do all this and even help reduce your pain during labor. Don't know where to start? Easy peasy, check out Expectful, an evidence-based guide meditation app created specifically for new, soon-to-be, or expectant moms. Learn more and sign up for a free two-week trial at expectful.com birthful. And don't forget to add the slash birthful part so they know who sent you. And we're back talking with Ellie Taylor about the transition into parenthood at different stages. We've finished stage four, and so...
0: So that takes us to stage five, which is, again, in the first six months, um, what couples often don't realize is that they are biologically primed when they become parents to be sensitive to their baby, sensitive to their baby's emotional cues, their, their baby's you know, non-verbals, their, their signals, their signs, um, so that they can meet their baby's needs. Well, that means that they're also more sensitive to each other. So both mothers and fathers same-sex partners often experience themselves as being more emotional than normal. So the highs are higher, the lows are lower, and everything in between. And they're often not prepared for this. So they're overwhelmed by their own emotions, but they can also be overwhelmed by their partner's emotions. Now, this applies more to dads, um, that they can become more emotional, but not necessarily show it. Uh So they might have more going on inside, but not actually showing it. But it's really important for their partner to be aware of that and to make some space for that and to be willing to draw it out and to, um, because, you know, they're they're growing too and they're establishing their own sense of identity and they're adapting to changes that probably aren't as big as what mum's experiencing, but also the biggest changes that they have ever experienced in their life before. Right. It's easy to miss that. You know, it's easy not to be aware of that stuff. And dads often don't disclose it because they can see that, you know, mum's already overwhelmed, she's already got lots on her plate and they don't want to bother Mm -hmm. mum. But it's important for couples to know what's going on for each other and to know how to manage these new emotions and to make room for them. And when we can, this can actually be quite transforming for a couple um and I found that it was quite transforming for me too. It was difficult transformation, but a really, really good one. My experience, I had a really great birth experience and I felt stronger than I'd ever felt before. Like what I'd endured, what I'd and, and I think the enduring part, even if it's a difficult birth, you endure something even 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 more. Um yeah, it just gave me a new sense of my own kind of inner strength. And also having a baby became, made me want to be more assertive. You know, I wasn't a very assertive person by nature. And having a baby somehow made me want to be more assertive. So I actually became more assertive in my relationship and I had to become more assertive to get my needs met. So this is something that started in the previous stage, but it was about me learning to articulate my needs and and be who I was becoming mm-hmm. in a in a more assertive, which is a very respectful way. And the interesting thing was that the process was almost opposite for my husband. He was becoming more vulnerable. He was becoming softer. He was becoming, you know, more raw. I suppose as a, as a father and 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 having this this, this new baby in his care, and we had some really amazing conversations, you know, about my new strength and his new vulnerability. Um, I wish I'd been a m- more aware of it at the time. A lot of those conversations were, you know, retrospectively.
1: Right. But well, this you is were learning stage... it as you went.
0: Absolutely. It wasn't, fun. It wasn't You didn't, fun have the the <laughs> <laughs> didn't have the book yet. It wasn't much fun at the time. But um, we've got three children now. So, you know, this is something that happens too and i didn't say this is beginning it's not only for a first baby that it occurs for me the second baby was about experiencing it all in a different way and then the third one again so it's not just something that happens with first babies but with subsequent babies too a lot of it's consolidated but there's also some new stuff that you missed the first time around you know that you can now experience the second or third time so that stage is really pivotal that, that embracing your emotion stage is really pivotal because it often determines how the next stages will unfold. Mm-hmm. So that leads us into the next one, if you're ready for
1: it. Yes, absolutely. Okay.
0: Okay. So stage, stage six is developing, making space for a new parent identity and for your partner's new parent identity. Um, you know, back in the village, um, parenthood was considered a rite of passage for the parents. And there were three stages in a rite of passage one of them was letting go of the old way of life the second one was making room for the new way of life and facing the anxieties and fears of that and the third one was emerging like a butterfly with a new sense of self and a new sense of responsibility and a new social standing we don't facilitate that for parents. Then
1: it help I mean, yeah, that's right. We don't facilitate it, but you have to go but through those happens. steps whether you want to or not,
0: right? Exactly. We don't facilitate it, but it happens. And so they're often experiencing it but not understanding what's actually going on. And often thinking that there's something wrong with them, that they don't recognize themselves, that they feel like they're going crazy. And this can often lead to postpartum depression and anxiety. And yet it's something we could be facilitating.
1: Right. So you almost, you know, to let go of that old you, you have to even mourn it. And then it's obvious that you're thinking something's
0: wrong. Yes. Yes. And it's natural and it's normal. And it is like going from, you know, a, a, you know, a, what are they before they butterflies? Um, oh the Chris, the, the... <laughs>
1: I'm thinking grasshopper. <laughs> what are they What's about? that bug? What's that bug? Um What's that? What's that bug? Yeah.
0: <laughs> So yeah, let's you know so that
1: caterpillar. There we go.
0: Caterpillar. Caterpillar, yeah. Um so we need to, you know, we, couples need to know that it's purposeful, that the struggles lead to a result and it's a, it's a beautiful result and to embrace what's going on for them. You know, it's, a, it's beautiful for mothers to embrace this new strength and this new sensitivity and it's beautiful for fathers and for partners to be able to em- embrace that side of themselves. Like, you know, I felt like becoming a mother kind of made me a whole person. Mm -hmm. um it kind of filled in the gaps you know for 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 me and 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 I I, and I could really see that that there was that potential for my my husband too but because we were struggling at that time you know we struggled in lots of different ways I did have postpartum depression I, I, I I'm pretty sure he did too and a lot of dads do get it um so yeah so step six is all about embracing that new sense of identity and the self-esteem that goes with it because if we don't think that what's going on with us is 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 normal and for a good reason our self-esteem can really drop and that happens for a lot of a lot of new mums but if we can see that the changes that we're going through are leading to growth and to wholeness and to and to being you know well-rounded and fulfilled then our self-esteem goes up so that's that's the beauty of step 6 is is to support couples to do that work
1: love it mm. yes yeah, so important and so okay, tied so together i can see it flowing Go
0: ahead. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's right. Each stage kind of builds to the next to the next one. Um, but you know, as I said before, the first four stages are in the first six months. But identity and self esteem can can go for years. We can we can we can potentially be struggling for the, with this stuff for a really long time. Um, as with the next one, now stage seven is negotiating differences. Most couples are really shocked to learn that 92% of parents experience more conflict in the first year after baby. When I tell that to some people, they're really relieved because they're in that (laughs) 92%. Well, you know, like we all are. Um, It's really, really common. You know, you're sleep deprived. There's steep learning curves. Your focus is on the baby and not yourself and not each other. You're irritable. Um, There's going to be a lot of differences. Um, Differences are huge for couples because, you know, I'm going to parent based pretty much on the way I was raised, of course, my partner is going to parent pretty much on the way that they were raised. And guess what? We weren't raised the same. Um, Even if you come from the same sort of um, socioeconomic, religious, cultural background, you're still going to have differences. You know, you'll have more differences if if you've got those other issues in too. You know, my husband's from a Greek background. I'm Australian-British. So, you know we had some big cultural differences to to negotiate um, which I also had to negotiate with his mother um.
1: <laughs> well and that's the beauty of it that we're all you know parenting from these different backgrounds while at the same time saying we're not going to be like our mother we're not going to be like our parents.
0: <laughs> that's exactly right and yet the thing is our child our child by by design inherits both our backgrounds right So this is something that we need to learn to negotiate between us so that they can do that, you know, so that it's kind of a cohesion for them. Otherwise, they're left kind of working it out as they grow. You know, the more different we are um, in our parenting styles and in our you know hopes dreams expectations plans goals etc etc for our child the more stretched that child is going to be so it's really up to us to come together as parents and learn how to negotiate all our differences now that's 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 tricky and i say you know like i use the analogy of a, of a of an of an adventure and i say this is the mountain you know this is the mountain that you guys have to learn to climb and ideally you learn to climb it pretty much on the same trail and at the same time because when you get to the top it's all downhill from there it's all easy from there but this is the tough bit you know it's learning to negotiate those differences that that's tough um we both feel very strongly about our child we both feel very strongly about the parent that we want to be for our child but often those feeling strongly can be in conflict um and tend to be more so when you don't know about the previous stages and you haven't done the work in the previous stages, the conflict tends to be uh, yeah, right. tends to be more, uh, an issue. Now, is
1: there a way to prepare for this stage earlier
0: on? Yes, absolutely. Um, so the before baby preparation, it's the communicating. It's the being able to communicate respectfully and directly directly um, is huge you know all couples have got the same differences but it's how they communicate those differences to each other that makes all the difference so in before baby preparation it's learning to communicate more simply and more directly in the um, setting up base camp it's if I get my needs met if I know what my needs are and I know how to get my needs met and you know what your needs are and you know how to get your needs met and we are good at getting our needs met there's going to be less conflict Um, issues tend to blow up and become problematic when other stuff hasn't been addressed, Mm -hmm. like I'm tired or I haven't been eating well or I haven't had, you know, a night out for too long. And so my frustration isn't so much as you, it's that I haven't been getting my needs met. So if we can build in the steps of needs met, then the conflict, does that make sense? Is less likely to be intense. Yeah.
1: Well, if Um, we feel better with in our own skin then yeah we'll be we'll be be able to tolerate others but yeah
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) if i'm feeling good in me you know you look better (laughs) right (laughs) (laughs) um so again the embrace emotions you know if we can embrace our emotions if we feel comfortable with our emotions if we can um convey our emotions to our partner In a way that's not blaming of them for our emotions then that way reduces conflict um if we're getting a better sense of our self and our self-esteem is 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 okay with the developing a new parent identity stage then again we're less likely to be in conflict so all of the previous stages kind of feed into this one for better or for worse great yeah and then stage eight is knowing how to maintain our connection with our partner or knowing how to reconnect when we've become disconnected from them. And that's pretty much inevitable. You know, there's so much territory that we have to terrain, so much stuff that we have to traverse that um, if we can know how to reach out to our partner and respond when they reach out to us, read their signals, um, we can connect in like a minute In a second good quality connection takes no time at all it's making eye contact and across a room it's it's smiling at somebody it's a pat you know it's putting your hand on the back when you know that somebody's struggling you know you've got this bond you've got this bond with your partner it's it's what probably brought about the baby in the the first place you know it's it's about knowing how to maintain this bond and how to and how to create it again after times of of pressure or disconnection or stress Um, and this can happen at at any stage and in fact there's ways to connect in every stage but this is the big one for couples who've become disconnected through the stages to know how to how to reconnect again Um, and this reduces stress and it reduces their um potential for both postnatal anxiety and depression is is emotional um mental relational spiritual sensual sexual connection between partners is really what is the foundation for, for their family and for the rest of their their parenthood journey going forward
1: mm-hmm. and do you find that these stages feed back to each other like it seems always almost like they're and this might just be my my own interpretation, but that they kind of loop around each other as you continue into new parts of your life and relationship.
0: They absolutely loop around each other because as soon as you're going through a period of stress, you know, let's say you've got a child, you know, a toddler who's sick, you know, and you you, you want to go back to base, you know, to back to base camp. I say go go back to you know go back to base camp and. What does your toddler need? What do you need when you're stressed? And exactly, you loop backwards and you loop back with subsequent children too. Um, And then as your children grow and go through their own stages of development, you, you loop back and you go through it at a different level. Teenagers, I've got, th- you know, two teenagers, nearly three now. Um, <laughs> so, so we're looping back again, um, just reestablishing things, focusing on what's important, tuning out the other stuff that isn't, supporting each other, communicating, you know, talking about our feelings, staying connected through it all. So, yeah, absolutely, it's um, it's continuous.
1: Yeah, no, that makes sense. That makes total sense and that you can always like – for having difficulty communicating, then go back to the other ones and try to figure out, okay, well, yeah, I'm hungry or I'm feeling this and it's not being acknowledged or that. I can see how they all connect and, and help each other out.
0: They do, yeah. It, it's just, um, you know, like I said, I really wanted to facilitate this process. I wanted to bridge the gap between before and after and I wanted parents to know, you know, what, what I'd experienced, but also what I know about how to support yourself and through and each other through this transition, you know, transition, what does that mean? You know, what, well, I, you know, now we know what it means and, and we know how to, to get through it, to work through it. Yeah. To grow through it.
1: Yeah, no, I love it. And so what about for someone out there who's already not prepared and had the baby and didn't nest and like there's somewhere in closer to stage six or seven, but haven't gone through this? Like, what can they do? Where can they change things or ask for help or how, I guess?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Go go, start at stage three. You know, um, often couples and parents are struggling because they haven't adjusted their expectations. You know, they may still be having expectations that are too high or, you know, aren't in line with um, what their partner's capable of or what the situation, you know, is what's most helpful in that situation. So stage one's before baby stage two is nesting but stage three can you can go back to that at any time and look at your expectations examine your expectations you know i I have a couple that i was working working with they're an elderly couple and you know she's still waiting for him to be prince charming (laughs) she's been waiting a really really long time and it's you know she grew up in that era where she expected that the man would rescue her um yeah, and 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 you know we're working on this sort of stuff now so it's never too late to kind of go back to that to to, to the beginning and to and the thing is as she's starting to realize that you know that puts a lot of pressure on him and, and and he doesn't know how to do that then i can see the adjustments happening in her but she's what she's let go of makes more room for him mhm i love really, that phrase yeah that's yeah, beautiful it, yes yeah, it's it's really nice work work to do with clients so that's the beauty of it you can you can do it at any stage so go back to stage three adjust expectations work out what you need where you are right now might not be what you needed at the beginning but we always have needs um, and getting them met where we are right now is how we start to cope so start there and then work your way forwards again.
1: Ellie it's been so fantastic This is, I want to keep talking with you for hours and hours and hours more, (laughs) but since we can't quite do that today, um, how can listeners get in contact with you or find out what you're doing, follow you, um, get your book, all those good things?
0: Yeah, fantastic. Well, I love to connect with listeners and I love to connect with readers. So uh, I have a website, it's com. There's also some resources there about communication that parents can access. Um, there's my social media stuff there. I love Facebook. I can't get off it. So <laughs> say hi to me there. Um, eventually, I plan on doing some more training for for parents and professionals, and I'll be uh, yeah releasing some more information on that soon. So lots of ways.
1: So sign up to your, your newsletter so they can know when these courses are going to start. Yes, please. Go do that, people. All right. <laughs> Thank you so much. It's been lovely and uh, I'll be paying attention. I'll be signing up to the, I'm already signed up to the newsletter, but (laughs) I'll be paying attention to everything you're bringing out.
0: Fantastic. Lovely to talk to you, Adriana. Thank you.
1: Mighty ones, find the in-depth show notes for this episode at birthful.com, where you can also learn more about me, the show, Patreon member benefits, send me messages and more. I'm also on Facebook or Twitter as at birthful. So come say hi. And if you are looking to prepare for life with your newborn, then do go to birthfulcourses.com and sign up. Do it before baby arrives and save yourself a bunch of struggles. This episode was produced by me and made possible by you, the Birthful Patreon supporters, and by the wonderful people at Simply Breastfeeding and Expectful. The title song for this podcast is Vive Ace by Kevin MacLeod, and the sponsorship song is Air Hockey Saloon by Chris Zabriskie. Find them both at freemusicarchive.org. Also, the Birthful Podcast is part of the Parents on Demand Network. Find out more at parentsondemand.com. I'm Adriana Losada. Please join me Friday when I'll be talking to a mighty parent as they share their amazing story here at the Birthful Podcast because no one stays pregnant forever. Thanks so much for listening.